Right. Um, hello and welcome to the Shegulala Salami Show. I'm your host, Shegulala Salami. Uh, what can I get you today? Hi, I'm Emma Woods, author of the Beastly series. Um, I would like a praline latte. Okay, I think I've heard a lot of drinks come through this virtual cafe, but I've not heard of praline before. My local What's cafe, like a mom and pop cafe, has it. It's wonderful. It's kind of like salted caramel praline. Okay, Delicious. what what exactly is praline? Because I'm feeling like a dinosaur now. Um, they're they're like um little little cookies, like the little long straw cookies. I think is. Yeah, so it's kind of like sweet and it's sweet and salty a little bit, like ca salted caramel. And it's a drink. It's a drink. It's a, it's just the flavor of the latte. Oh, interesting. It's delicious. Right. Okay. Well, seeing as I don't know what that is, we don't have that in our cafe. So we'll just give you a nice hot chocolate. How does that wonderful. sound? Wonderful. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> what would you like to have with it? Um, a, I usually have a bagel with, with in the morning with my coffee or hot chocolate. Just okay. a plain bagel. You have strawberry pancakes with it. We you drink. How does that sound? That sounds wonderful. Like chocolate and strawberries. <laughs> yes, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so who's next, please? Uh, Nancy. Nancy Lynn Jarvis. And since I just flew in to Britain to be on your show, I'm from California, it's early here, so I think I need some Earl Grey tea. Straight, if it's, good, if it's a good brand. Yes, yes, yes! Finally, someone I want to have proper tea! Yay! Now, my protagonist, Reagan McHenry, in the, the Reagan McHenry Real Estate Mystery Series that I write, is a great fan of Earl Grey. She frequently sees it in the wee hours of the morning with a cat on her lap, and she's trying to sort out the clues and figure out the mystery. Mm. So, I'm her. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. And what would you like to have with your tea? Okay, now I'm going to really mess with you. If you have any cold mushu vegetarian, that's my favorite breakfast. What? <laughs> Chinese. Um, anything Chinese is great. Okay, this is a cafe. This is not Gordon Ramsay's restaurant, okay? <laughs> okay, then I think um, a scone would be good. Oh. See, even the little human had to go. See, she's laughing. <laughs> you have a strawberry and apple pancake. How does that sound? Uh, I guess that's what I'm having. <laughs> okay, we'll send the little human to go and get it in a second. You know, we have to start them early, let them know what labor is. I mean, she's only one, but, you know, it's never too late or never too early to start work. Um, so I hope you're not in a hurry. Not at oh, all. Oh, not at all. Okay. Uh, just be, be a bit I can let here another little human. His little yeah. human is there. My my little human came in to tell me she drew me a picture. Oh. <laughs> How old is your little human? She's seven. Oh, not too too little. Halfway between little and big. Yes. Uh. Oh. 
Okay, giddy, 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 giddy. Right, so Emma, before the before you came to the cafe, I yeah, think I heard yeah. you say something about you know attending a live event. What event did you go to? I went to the Dayton Book Expo in Dayton, Ohio. Um, I took my first book, Beasts and Savages. It's the first in my series um, with me and had a table set up with about 80 other authors. Okay. Um, right, and how, how did that go? It was a learning. Um, it was a learning process. Actually, as an indie author, I had a little bit of an advantage because I went into it understanding that I was going to have to prepare myself and do everything myself. Um, I met yeah. quite a few traditionally published authors there, and their publishers said, here's your books. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew a little bit more, and so when I went around and asked people for things like, oh, can I sign up for your mailing list? They were like, what are you talking about? Mailing list, what? So... Mm. Yeah, it was it was um, very much. I felt like I had an advantage because I went there and I had my stuff planned. Okay. I had a, and a plan before I went what I was mm. going to do. Okay. So. Right. So this is quite interesting. So when you heard about what was the festival called again, please, or the fair? Uh, Dayton Book Expo. So right. Okay. So what was the. Uh, Objectives. Well, for you, what was your objective? What were you trying to achieve by going to the expo? I was trying to get more local notice. Some <laughs> now I say local, and Dayton is two and a half hours away, a drive at seventy miles okay. an hour. So quite a ways away. I had to stay in a hotel. Okay. Um, <laughs> but. It was still in the state of Ohio, the state I live in. So okay. that's what it was trying to get some local exposure. Okay. So how did you prepare? Uh, well, first things first, I set a budget because I had to pay $100 for the table, which is pretty wow. Yeah, but it's pretty inexpensive when you think about Chicago Book Con is like $3,000 a table. So wow. 100, yeah, 100 is not really a whole lot. But then I had to purchase my books think about advertising for it, uh, prizes for people to sign up, swag mm -hmm. that I took, travel costs, the hotel, the drive down there. Um, mm -hmm. So that was the biggest part. I also had to research a lot. Um, I didn't spend enough time doing that. Uh, the people that coordinated it were very good working with the authors, mm -hmm. but they weren't good with advertising themselves. They relied completely mm -hmm. on the authors that were going to do all the advertising. And about 30 of the 81 authors there were traditionally published. And 10 told me they did nothing. They didn't do anything to, to do it. They didn't know that they had to. And the other 20 were like, yeah, I, I sent out a, a notice to my mailing list and that's really all I did. Oh, wow. There were yeah, there weren't even signs outside the building that said we were in a college. There weren't even signs outside the building that said that we were in there or what we were doing. Hmm. Interesting. I'll so, hmm. no, go on, finish. Um, so there was only a baby a hundred people who came to the event. Hmm. Okay. Last question before I just sort of go and uh, pick on Nancy's brain. Did you get a return on investment? Did you break even? Absolutely not. The oh, the best thing about it was that I got 47 people signed up for my 
email list. Okay. <laughs> and I got the experience so that I know what to do better next time. Mm, what would you do better next time? I would take fewer books. Okay. I would take more than one book. Mm. Um, and I would advertise more locally in the area. The only thing that I did to advertise was um, my book is a young adult book. So I looked up uh, high school English uh, teachers and librarians in the Dayton area, and I sent them postcards that told them I was going to be at the expo. Okay, okay, that sounds but like a plan. Yeah, it, it, yes, and that's but that's the only thing I do did. I think I would send out a press release to local press and more stuff on my own. Mm. Okay, perfect. Now, Nancy, what is your take? Um, have you, what do you think about live events? Expos, festivals, whatever. What, what do you think? I absolutely love them, although I've not done an expo. The, the sorts of live events that I've done are either associated with tours or pop or Christmas fair type. And I'm really struggling to hear you. Um, Emma, can you hear Nancy? I can, I can, but it's a little bit. She's waving in and out. Here. I don't know how to make me louder. It's the it's the connection, I think. But okay, don't worry, yeah. go on. We will struggle. We will try and we will try and hear. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Okay, I said I love anything live. Um, yeah. Like talking, talking to people. I've used bookstores, although we're down to essentially having only one in Santa Cruz County where I live called Bookshop Santa Cruz, but it's an amazing place. It's huge. It's it's beloved. And they regularly have five authors come and talk at a time. So I'll kind of talk about that experience, if that's okay. That's fine. Um, 15 minutes to get up and talk about our books. And to me, it's books. I, I write a series. The Neighborly Killing is the sixth in the Reagan McHenry Real Estate series. And then I've also done a one-off called Mags and the AARP Gang, which is a comedy about octogenarian bank robbers. Oh, wow. <laughs> and edited a cookbook. I've, I've gotten to know a lot of authors online. <coughs> and I convinced 128 cozy mystery writers, which is the style of my books, to mm. contribute recipes in their bios. And we put together a cookbook, which is great fun. So I have lots of Yeah. What I've discovered is whatever library you're doing, um, a lot of times authors will simply sit there behind a They seem comfortable. They're not approachable. Don't talk to people. Their body language says, please leave me alone. So mm. I, I, that's not how I do things. Um, for starters, I bring cookies along. Talk with mm. I devised a recipe to go with the, the mysteries that I write. My protagonist is a real estate agent. Yeah. Estate agents frequently <laughs> um, to entice buyers yeah. to talk to them at open houses. So I thought that that would be fun to have a special cookie. Yeah. And it's a good way to get people over. And it's kind of like, hey, hi. Um, would you like a cookie? There's a mystery ingredient in it, and I always like to know if people can figure out what it is. Mm. So something like that, people come over and they kind of pick up a cookie and you start talking. Yes. And it's a really easy way to introduce yourself to people without seeming 
that you're that serious about it. And once you start talking and they're looking at the book covers and they pick up the books and turn them over and read the, the back you know, enticements, the teasers, it's very easy to get a conversation going. The reason I love live events is because I sell a lot of books there, typically. Really? How do you do that? Okay, first of all, you know, I have to give you kudos, right? Because you basically just nailed it, right? Everybody loves food. Everybody likes free food. And everybody likes cakes and cookies, right? So, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Now, you know what? I've taken, a, I've taken one tip from you today, but please continue. Well, that seems to work pretty well, and you know, it's I, I will <laughs> just accost people with silly questions. If it's a local event, my mm. my pickup line, as it were, is, you know, we should talk. These books are set where you live. You probably know where all the bodies are buried. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that may elicit a little bit of a discomfort. Giggle, but they'll start talking to me about it, or um, you know, it's just whatever kind of off-the-wall thing I can come up with. Cozy mysteries have a lot of humor in them, and I guess I'm a silly person, so I don't have any problem asking silly questions. The trick is to just get people talking. I yes. also worked real estate agent for 25 years, so I you know have a lot of practice in open houses. People don't want to talk to realtors; they want to look at the house and be left alone. And of course, realtors are dying to interact with people, not only trying to sell the house, but also trying to pick up buyers for you know for other transactions. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not at all shy in public with that, and especially if I'm Nancy Lynn Jarvis, which is not my real name. That's my writing name. I'm not a bit shy. If I'm myself, I'm very shy. I don't. I don't want to be on camera. I don't want to do anything Ow. like that. <laughs> but uh, it's just a matter of putting yourself out there and engaging people in conversation. And once you start talking to them, hopefully the books sell themselves. Um, I did have the privilege of reading Emma's book. I would buy it. It sounded really cool, and you know, based on on the description. And I don't necessarily read YA, and especially not dystopian YA. But it was enjoyable. <laughs> So if she talked to me and told me a little bit about it, I would be much more inclined to buy her book than if I just saw someone sitting there with a stack of books. Now that's a really good point. Emma, when is your next live event? Well, I just got an email offering to uh, go to one on July 23rd. Um, okay. And it's about an hour away from me in Ohio, near Cleveland. Um, but I haven't committed to that one yet because I would have to figure out my day job work schedule. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I want to. Um, I have two of my book series out, and um, I'm waiting until my third is out in September, and then I have a local bookstore that I'm going to do a book signing at um, in Mansfield, Ohio. So, but I did this kind of the same thing since I was at a book fair and everyone there, like a book expo, was about books. I pulled people in with two things. I um, would pull them in with, I stood in front of my table and everyone who passed, excuse me, would you like to sign up to win $25 to Amazon? That's how I got people to, to sign up for my email list. Yeah. 
and it worked because people, even if they didn't necessarily want to read YA dystopian, they were like, well, I don't have to spend the $25 on her book, so yes, sign me up. <laughs> um, but then when I got them there, I would ask, what kind of fiction do you like? And since this is a kind of a crossover between a fantasy and a young adult and a sci-fi, I kind of went with that. If they said one of those, I told them, you know, well, this is what my book is about, and this is how it has to do with that. Mm. So, um, I did actually... Did that help you get any sales, though? I, I think it did. Um, to, it was it was kind of a, a bad day to put it in kind of perspective. The top seller in fiction sold eleven books for the day, mm -hmm. and I sold five. Okay. So wow. <laughs> I'll take that. Um, it was especially yeah, that's only really having, good. Yes, especially only having one one book to sell and not the the sequel wasn't out yet. Um, I was really surprised a. I, I don't really ever market my book to boys just because it's about women who take over the world. Um, hmm. And I think that I gained a, a huge fan. He was um, probably a guy in his 20s, and he was like, tell me. And he's like, you know what? I think I want to – I just want to read this to see what the world would be like from a woman's perspective. And then he signed up for mm -hmm. my Facebook, and he signed up for my email list, and he's like, when is the sequel? <laughs> so... Aww. That's really nice. But it, I think we both learned something today. That, you know, next event, we should take cookies. Yes, I had chocolate, but I'm definitely going to go with cookies next time. <laughs> yeah, I've got, an, I've got an event. Uh, when's my event? I think it's on the 2nd or the 3rd of Ju uh, July. I'm definitely going to bake cake. Now, the only oh. thing, though, that um, you're sort of saying about food... Um, that it just sort of makes me a bit concerned um, is in this day of litigations and all the nonsense that goes on, someone who's got an allergy, you know, you're not you're not a caterer, you've just brought it there, and they don't tell you, and then they just take a bite, and something happens. Or if they've, you know, just how do you right. protect yourself from stuff like that? Well. Speaking from California, where probably the most litigious state in the United States, it's not been a problem. A lot of people are saying they have to be gluten-free, um, and they usually ask if there's gluten in, in things or something like that. And I don't use nuts, which would be the, the dangerous allergy. Mm. The expo that I was at had cakes for um, first-time authors, so I had a cake while I was there, but it was provided by the expo, um, and it was the whole purpose was is you get awarded this cake, you get a minute to stand up and tell everyone there about your book, and then you take your cake, and people follow the cake, and you hand out pieces of cake to people as they go. And no one asked me, but I guess they would assume that unless we explicitly said it was gluten-free cake, that it had gluten in it. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. No, that that sounds that sounds um, that sounds good. Um, but I think I will I will try it out. I think the first event I'll do I'll take store bought cookies, and if no one tries to kill me, <laughs> I'll try regular home baked um, home baked cake, and you know we'll see how how we get them there. So now both of you have attended live events. I mean I've done attended live. I've um, attended book fairs. I've done book readings, you know, you've done um, 
libraries and bookstores. So as an author, let's start off. What are the disadvantages of doing live events? Emma? I would say the upfront cost. I know how much my books cost from um, Create Space, where I get my books from, for me to just you know get 10 for a giveaway. But I didn't think about, OK, well, I want I wanted to take 50. Well, $4 times 50 adds up very quickly, yeah. <laughs> plus, plus shipping. And I didn't yeah. think about that. Um, the expense, the upfront expense, because I had, um, I was lucky. My sister went with me as um, an assistant, and she used hotel points to take care of the hotel. Um, but I provided us the food for the weekend and the gas and the, the, the table and um, all of the extra stuff like that. So upfront cost, as, a, as an indie author, it's one more thing that you have to be willing to probably put at least a few hundred dollars in, depending on how close and how big the event is. Mm. Okay. Um, Nancy, uh, what, what are the um, disadvantages of live events, would you say? Well, there certainly the expenses can be. I also publish books through CreateSpace, and they cost four to maybe four or five per copy plus mm -hmm. shipping. Um, I've never had a problem, though. I I do not sign up for things that are very very far away, because there haven't been any hotel bills or you know major expenses like that. But I always have sold. It's sometimes sold out, um, sold the books that I brought with me. I average probably 25 to 50 sales per event. You and are, you are, you are, you're like, you're, what's the word I'm trying to say? You're remarkable, you're exceptional. Yes, no, you're exceptional. Wow. Because if you go and do research, a lot of authors don't even sell a copy, and some who are very fortunate, they sell one copy. So to be able to sell 25 copies, in every live event you do, you're exceptional. You're like that one yeah. in a million, you know, one in a million occurrence that occurs. Well, it just, you know, as I said, I can be rather pushy at them and start talking to people. But yeah, <laughs> you know, you entice them with food as well. You know, once you you entice them with delicious food, it's like all their barriers and all their resistance has just gone out the window. They're like, she's fed me. I just, I have no choice but to buy her book now. Well, you know, that is a good point, because um, if, if people perceive that they are obligated to you because you've given them something, it does increase the likelihood that they'll buy something. Yeah. Um, I don't know about pricing, uh, what you charge, Emma, for books, but my books sell for twelve ninety five. At a live event, I, I also will make it a point to say, today they're $10 and I'll pick up the sales tax. So people can easily come up with a twenty, and I can change. Um, so it's it's like this is not the normal price you pay for it. You can you can get it for ten dollars. So they're getting a bit of a bargain. So I'm making you know five dollars on the book, or slightly more than that. Um, it's not a great amount of money, but I, I really screen carefully for what I sign up for. I think the most I've spent for an event is probably forty dollars. And wow. Don't think that many people attend and do a little research, find out who comes. Um, then I, I don't do it because I, I definitely always want to be in the black with this. Um, I, I'm not 
earning my living doing this necessarily at all, but I don't want to I spend a lot of money to promote the books. Yeah. Uh, and it, it really does help, too, Emma, to have more than one book. Um, you'll find that as you put out the others in your screen. That you, mm. will, you will start having friends. You will start having people recognize you. I mean, I love doing events in Santa Cruz where I live and where the books are set because people come up to me and say, oh, my golly, I read, you know, whatever. What's the new one? And it's great. And it makes it a very easy sell, too, with something like that. Mm, 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 mm. So, I was thinking, um, in terms of food allergies and things like that, one of the things I did this last Christmas, um, rather than making cookies at one particular event, I have business cards that talk about you know the books, because people can get Kindles, and a lot of people do have Kindles, so they may not want to purchase a print book. And I know if I tell them they can go to Amazon and they can look up my name and you know on and on and on, they won't really do it. But if you give them a business card with the the really fast way of finding you, that's helpful. And I also attached a tea bag, a little Earl Grey tea bag, since that's what Reagan does. Just it was really simple to do. Just poke a little hole in the card and and in the tea bag edge and string it together with a little ribbon and so you can hand it to them. They don't throw the cards away because there's a tea bag here. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you say to them, so when you're reading why don't you have a cup of tea right along with Reagan? And people like that idea too. And I really yeah. saw the sales go up for Kindles after I did that. I mean it was measurable within the next couple of days. So I know a number of people more than normal numbers of uh, bought Kindles probably as a result of that interaction. Hmm. Interesting. Now that is extremely... See now in the... maybe not the last episode of the two... Pre anyways, in the previous episode, you know, we exactly talked about that um, because I went to a book... no, there was a festival, a local festival around where I was re um, living, uh, or where I live, I'm not even speaking properly anymore. Um, yeah. So near where I lived, there was a festival, um, and on the last day of the festival, they had a family event, um, which I did a book reading um, at, and there, it was quite a good learning experience for me. Um, and I had a couple of people, you know, um, you know, sort of professionals. So one lady was another author who wanted to invite me to her um, event she'd be having in a few weeks' time, and she goes, "Oh, so do you have a business card?" And I'm looking at her like, "Really? Do authors have business cards?" Like, okay. So, you know, it was something that I took away from there. And then, you know, since then, it's now become a recurring theme um, that last year, when I first wrote my book, I never really thought about um, that. And so I've been putting it in my head that I've got to go and do it. And just the fact that we're talking about it again today, I think I need to give myself a kick in the derriere and make sure I go and get my, you know, a business card um, printed. Um, because, you know, people will ask you, and it's easier to just say, here is my present. It gives you that professional look that, you know, you are serious, you know, as, as an author. Um, yeah, and then the other thing, you know, just for live events, uh, because I write children's books, um, at the um, live event that I did, one of the things that um, I then learned out of it, because they had so much going on, there was like face painting, there was loads of barbecue food, children were not interested in, you know, in sitting down and reading, 
Um, so that's why I then thought, you know, so if I have food there now, the children and the parents would want to stay because who's going to give up the opportunity to have free food? Right. Yeah. And then something another uh, the person who was doing the reading after me did. Um, she was not the author. She was asked by the author to do the reading. But the author was a big strapping lad, and he had this big voice. So I could never have spoken as loud as he does. So I was like, book reading, yeah, book reading, yeah, go, 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 Reading works very well. Not as much because you get to open it and start some interesting scene that you might give away too much information. But you can have a lot of fun with those business cards. I use Vistaprint. They're very inexpensive, and they have a lot of pre-made-up um, cards. You can find them. Yeah. But 250 cards for less than $20, so it's really easy. My business cards, a bunch of flowers and on them. I say Rachel and real estate mysteries because murder is such a combination. But that was just one of their particular um, cards. Yeah, and it's really easy, and then you add the information that you want on there. So you can get them pretty easily. You don't even need to do home. You can do it all online, and they're very helpful to have them as well. Yes. Okay. People can use them as a bookmark, too. For, no, I did have a bookmark, and Nancy, I don't know if you did this on your cards, but my bookmark has a QR code on it. You can make bookmarks or um, cards that have a QR code, and it's something they can see on their phone, and it takes them directly to your sales site on Amazon. I did right. do that. Yeah, I did do that when I had bookmarks, but I, I stopped using bookmarks because I got too many books, and I was trying to put little little bits of the covers on, and it just got messy. But yes, that would be a great way. Anything that they can do that simplifies them finding you, especially on Amazon, is terrific. Hmm. How do you make a QR code for your book? Um, there's, um, let's see, what is the website? I think it's freeqr.com. There's a free QR website. Um, you just go there, you copy the link from Amazon, you put it in the thing, you click go, and it will give you, and then you just save it to your file to a file like a document. Okay, but then how do you? Because if you have a bookmark that's already, how do you then paste it onto it, or do you how like how do you then merge it all together? Um, I used Vistaprint to make my bookmarks, and so on the back I have um, all three covers of the series, and then my Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest, and then at the bottom. I just copied. I just copied and pasted the QR code. Right. As, okay. an, as an image. Yes. Okay. No. So as, as an image. Okay. No, that yeah. sounds. That sounds. That sounds like a plan. Because I do have a bookmark already. So I guess I could just then add it to the back of it. The the QR code. So it's it's called free QR code. 
Yes, and I'm pretty sure that if you Google free QR code maker, it comes up. It's just a, it's free, it's easy. Um, how they, what they do is if you want a colored QR code or a fancy one, that's when they start to charge you, but a simple one is free. Okay. Oh, that's, that's, that's quite good. So, to make a success of live events, the book readings, you know, libraries, indie stores, you know, festivals, expos, whatever it is, um, you know, it's good to have a business card ready because obviously you need to show, you know, have that professional image. Um, and on your business card, you know, if you've, got, if you've got one book or something to, you know, talk about your book and all your social networks and your website, that would be great to have. Um, you need to give people a reason to want to come and talk to you. So easiest way is to offer them food. <laughs> yeah, just make sure we don't poison them. So yeah. food, food, food is a is a good one. So have your business card, have food, get some, you know, get some. Be make make sure that you're approachable. So don't sit crossing your arm, no frowning. Just makes people feel. Um, put a warm personality across so that people feel, you know happy coming to talk to you. And then once you fed them and they're happy laughing away, they wouldn't even know when they bring out their $10 or their £10 to buy your book. Fabulous right. plan. Um, okay, now, so then the disadvantage of, you know, having your book out is the upfront cost. But if you plan yourself well, then you will recover it. So it's the upfront cost um, involved in, in getting your book and getting there. So you should try as much as possible to go for free events that are close to where you live so that you don't have the added um, cost of traveling far away or hotel bills and all of those um, other things. Um, and then obviously if you don't prepare, you're not really going to get the best out of the event. What are the disadvantages of there? Before we even talk about the advantages, what are the disadvantages of there? Surely it's just not the one. It's tiring. Um, I stood up. I got up at... Uh, seven in the morning. Um, spent from I had to be there by and set up by nine thirty. Hmm. Um, and then I walked around from nine thirty until about ten thirty, looking at just trying to connect with the other authors that were there. Um, and then from eleven until four, I stood at my table. So in front of my table talking to everyone so it, it can get tiring that's a that's a lot of walking standing it's a long day mm, 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 mm. Okay. how about you Nancy any other disadvantages of live events it is a long day and you do get tired but to me it's a good tired it's fun um, doing them over time you start getting your your setup times down I have a suitcase with roller wheels that I can stuff full of books and we'll start with that and then take other books and leave them in the car and you know bring them in gradually, have the folding tables, have the tablecloth, have little things to go on the table so that those are all done. There's no way I would stand. Um, I'm six feet tall and so I think me standing in front of the books would be as bad as body language with my, you know, sitting down with my arms folded. That might be mm. So I do sit down and and kind of motion people over. They have to come to me. Um, but I know my cheeks are pink a lot of the day just from working really hard and you know and talking to people. But it is fun. I I love it. I just think it's really a kick. So I, even though it is tiring, I don't consider that a disadvantage. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're the exact opposite. I'm I'm four eleven. So if I, wow. if I don't stand, no one sees me. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Four eleven. Okay, yes. I'm not gonna make any short jokes, don't worry. <laughs> we need to get together and um work out something. I'm sure when you buy pants you have to take some off of the bottoms and I'm always looking for additional <laughs> Even even petites are too long for me, and I can wear my my seven year old shoes. Oh. <laughs> wow! So, yes. <laughs> so, I'm not really sure what to say now. <laughs> A number of short jokes coming to my mind, but obviously I'm not going to say. That. <laughs> I, 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 I one of my biggest. Fans um, locally, if he he was a coworker, he's a he told me he said that um, I probably do well in young adult because I still look like I'm a teenager myself. And he's like, I could never imagine you angry because you'd be yelling and I'd be laughing because it'd be like a little elf yelling at me. <laughs> I think the correct takeaway here is that writers come in all sizes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know someone who's I think she's about 4'11 or maybe she just turned 5'1 yeah so you're possibly I would say officially you're the no I'm not going to say <laughs> uh. it's, gonna, it's all going to get recorded so we're not going to say that <laughs> Tell me again, what did you say was the title of your book, um, Emma? It's called Beasts and Savages. It's book one of the Beastly series. I, I did a soft launch on Savage Revolution um, in July. I'm going to do a full launch. Right now it's just the ebook on Amazon. Okay. So what's a soft launch? Because I've heard about people doing book launch events, uh, but I never really... On the uh, took part, so what's a soft launch? A soft launch is I put it out there uh, for my readers that have been who have been following me since book one and are like, when's the next one? When's the next one? Um, but I have all my promotional stuff is not set up to go through until July. Hmm. So okay. it's just just the Amazon the, the the it's not wide yet and the paperback is not done. Hmm. Okay, okay. No, that's fine. Um, so tell me again, what, what, I'm sure you've said this and I probably just missed it or I'm just having baby brain. Um, and I, be, I blame baby brain on a lot of things. Can I, how long can I get away with baby brain? I'm still getting away with it seven years later. Okay, that's all right then. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so um, I'm sure you probably, I feel like you said it and then I probably just zoned out. Tell me again, but then again, there's nothing wrong with repetition, is there? Um, <laughs> no. What what's your book about again? Tell us. My book is a young adult dystopian. It's about uh, women who've taken over the world. Basically, they turned all the wars, the modern wars, against men, and they're the reason because men have always been leaders that mm. caused the wars. So they kick men out of their society. They have a peaceful women's only, and they um, genetically change women to to ch change into beasts, and then they send them out on hunts. And they hunt and kill their mate in the hopes of having a baby. 
Yes. So my my main character is Leah, and she doesn't want to hunt, so she tries to run away, and she gets kidnapped, and then she's caught up in the middle of a civil war between the women and the men. Interesting. Nancy, you've read her book, haven't you? I have. What do you think about it? Well, I thought it was interesting. It, I think we maybe have the next Hunger Games writer here. Um, there's a little bit of Romeo and Juliet thrown in, too, and... and Emma, when you were talking about it not necessarily appealing to boys, your character Tanner, I thought, and, and frankly Miller, um, were both quite interesting. And the the play that they have with Leah, I thought was was a lot of fun. There's a lot, you know. Obviously, reading the other books is, is still to come, but there was a future there for them. The characters are well drawn. Um, you do really like Leah and you like Tanner and eventually you like Miller as well. Um, and then Eventually? Other, eventually. Well, Miller doesn't start out as a very nice guy, but it um. turns out he has reasons for, for his behavior and for the way he treats Leah. Um, you know, I, thought it, I just thought the premise was quite interesting and, and really sort of fun. Again, I'm not a YA reader, though, so other than Harry Potter, which <laughs> I admit to reading avidly. But um, it was not a book that I would have picked up and read, but I'm glad I did because I enjoyed it. Oh, good. Thank yeah. you. So I feel like on the show, if I told, if, I'm, if I'm not achieving anything, I think one thing that I feel like I've achieved, you know, is that I've introduced, or we're, the show is introducing people to books that they probably would not originally have read, and then they go on to like it. Because the one that the previous episode that I had, you know, from um, before today's episode, um, exactly the same thing happened. You know, the one of the guests, he's an author, um, and he read the book of the other author, and he said it was not something that he would normally like to read, um, and he definitely would not have picked it up if he was just searching for it. But just, you know, by virtue of coming on the show, he t then read the book, and he actually enjoyed it. So I'm, I'm glad you, you, know, you, you like it. Um, what did you not like about the book, though, Nancy? I think the, the one thing that I was concerned about... Um, I, I write mysteries. They're very tidy. You have to move from point A to point B, and you have to have all the, you know, the logic. Hmm. Um, anything that's sort of, I don't know, science fiction or futuristic, sometimes people get a little bit lost in doing that. There were a couple of points in the book, I don't know whether, without giving too much away, but there were a number of girls, not only Leah, who were captives of the, the men and the boys. And I wondered how they got there. They, they talked about... Um, the mothers coming for them if the girls didn't come back after their hunt. And yet there were 18, I believe, or, or slightly more than that, girls who had been captured and not all from this hunt. So I wondered why the mothers didn't come for them or why they, why it took so long. And I didn't think that was explained. It was just something that hung me up a little bit, wondering if these girls were so powerful and went hunting for boys who volunteered for this, this sacrifice why did it not go that way all the time? How did, how did this mm. Mm. And that, that 
troubled me a little bit. Now, that's maybe going to be explained in the later ones or something, but that was, to me, the weak point of the book. Hmm. What do you think about that, um, Emma? I'm, I'm glad to know this because I know that um, I have gotten a little bit of, well, this is not clear, this is not clear kind of stuff for a few things. Um, and it does give me the opportunity to clarify a little bit um, in the second book. Um, the first book to me was more, it was a lot of learning. Obviously, the one that I published is not the what I started with is like edition 20 or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I learned that I do spend, I felt I spent too much time setting it up in the beginning. And then I still left off the, the whys or the hows or explaining that sure they were in a different class, but two classes hunted at the same time. So it was the same time. They were just two classrooms of girls that went, were sent out. So instead of the 30 girls just in her class, there were 60 girls that were sent out hunting. Okay. Does that, does that make sense? So in the second book, I've slimmed it down. It's it's really only 55,000 words. This one was 80. And I got a rid of a lot of the extra explanation and kept it more action and kept the why in the action, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah, okay. Okay, that 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 makes sense. Um, thank you, thank you very much. Um, it's been it's been it's been tremendous. Uh, yes. Any last words? Oh yes. Before we even go, on, I forgot to take all your your contact uh, details. Should anyone need to or want to keep in touch with either of you ladies? How do they you know get in touch? Emma, you go first. Um. Um. My website is the t h e Emma Woods. .wordpress.com not to be confused there's an Emma Woods uh, author who writes cowboy romance if you get that that's not me <laughs> um, also I am giving away some I did an Amazon uh, giveaway it's finished and I still have about 10 ebooks to give away so I'm giving them away to anyone who wants a copy for like a review um, okay. If they they can contact me at the Emma Woods T H E Emma Woods at gmail dot com. They send me an email. I will send them a book. Oh, perfect! And basically, that your giveaway will continue until you finish. You give away all ten copies. Right. Exactly. Okay. Perfect. Um, and are you on Twitter? Did you say? Yes. At everything is the Emma Woods. So at the Emma Woods on Twitter, and my Facebook is also. I'm sorry, they're testing tornado tones here. Um, is also at this Facebook, the Emma Woods. Perfect. Okay, and how about you, Nancy? Well, I think since this is an audio, the easiest thing to do is to tell people to go to Amazon in, in any country and just type in Nancy Lynn, L-Y-N-N, Jarvis, and there's an author page. I do have the website and the Facebook page, but running those things on verbally seems counterproductive. Just Nancy Lynn Jarvis on Amazon, and you'll be able to find all the information there, see all the books, and all the different things. Because I do them in print, and they're certainly available for e-readers. Perfect. Perfect, perfect. Thank you very much, ladies. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. 
been fun being here. Thank you. This has been lots of fun. No, definitely it has. You know, I'm just really super pleased because I know right now, because um, I normally bake an Oreo cake, but I've then discovered the pleasures of, I hate strawberries, just eat the strawberries, I just think they're nasty fruit. Um, but then I discovered that when you put them in, in bacon, it just changes the tr taste dramatically. <laughs> yes. Is the be careful dissing strawberries. I live in Santa Cruz County, which is the strawberry capital, I think, of the world. The strawberries for royal weddings come from California, from where I live. So do not do not disparage strawberries. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm, I'm actually going strawberry picking next week because it's strawberry season here. Yeah, because it's the time as well. Because we're getting strawberries all over the, um, you know, in the supermarket, and for some reason, I really don't know why. I would not have anything strawberry. I hate strawberry ice cream. I don't take anything strawberry until I think strawberry is quite manky, right? And then one day, I just, you know, I just got inspired. I was like, you know, what? I'm going to make, you know, pancakes, um, and not today, from a little few days before, a couple of weeks. But I was like, you know what? Um, I'm introducing my little human to different types of fruit, and I would never have strawberries, and I still haven't eaten a strawberry fruit itself, but I thought, you know, just because I'm not going to have it doesn't mean I can't give her the choice of having it. So I just then got inspired, like, you know what, let me just grate some strawberries into into the pancake, and oh my god, it was so delish, right? It was like having jam in pancake, um, and then, it was really nice. And then when I was making, um, it was my birthday last month, and I then decided I was going to put some grated strawberries into the cake batter. And oh my good lord, can you imagine having, like, it, it tasted like, you know when you have fuzzy cake, because I only used a little bit, and then so I had little potholes of um, strawberry jam dotted all through the cake. Oh, it was delish. So it's like, I didn't know what I was missing. I still wouldn't eat raw strawberry, but I will definitely use it in cooking. <laughs> So you'll have to make some strawberry cookies for your event. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, I, I, I will be doing that. Um, but thanks again, um, and we will see you all again next time on the Shangula Salami Show. Thank you now, ladies. Thank you. Okay, bye now. Bye. bye.